0: what is best in life, crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the podcast on the early 80s sword and sorcery adventures.
1: Yeah, that's next. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reid, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kinda like. Maybe even secretly love before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge.
0: Well, hello, listener. Welcome to episode 106 of the Magnificently Huge podcast. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, we got a doozy of a show for you. Uh, we're going to go right to the heart of our childhood and the sword and sorcery movies that came out from. Around 1980 to 1985. So that's Conan the Barbarian, Crawl, the Beastmaster, Excalibur. Uh, this is too many to count on one hand, uh, and we're gonna get into a lot of them. They're good. They're bad. They're ugly. They're stupid. They're ridiculous. They're fun. Uh, they're crazy. They got a lot of nudity. They got more violence than you can shake a sword at. Uh, you got magic tricks and sorcerers and evil death cult. I mean, I could go on forever. Uh, and I probably have already. But anyway, we're gonna get into the majesty of this very particular time in cinematic history the early 80s sword and sorcery epics. If you don't wanna listen to the fresh shit, uh, which is the segment where we talk about current events, uh, we don't blame you. Eric's computer went Caputo after we had already recorded it, so we went back and recreated it for you. It's fun. We hope you enjoy that, but you can always scroll ahead if you really don't care. Uh, we don't mind. Just check the show notes if that's really your bag Uh, But we invite you to listen to the whole thing Because we had fun Uh, If you like what you hear, send us an email Magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com We are happy to take any and all comers uh, Who would send us an email You know, suggestions, critiques uh, Whatever, we love it you can also head over to iTunes where our show is and uh, we would invite you to give us a five star rating leave us a glowing review uh, share us around there that would be awesome then uh, also wherever podcasts are purveyed, so Stitcher SoundCloud etc cetera, etc cetera. so you're listening now you know all that lastly i want you to head on over to our Twitter page if you would please click that follow button like our posts share us around there we would appreciate that we're also on Facebook if you're an old fart who does the Facebook like us that's Magnificently Huge Podcast. We are even on Instagram, which is awesome because that's all about pictures and this is, you know, audio. But there it is. We're also on Instagram. And Magnificently Huge is also involved in a, a website called maghuge.com that uh, you can always enjoy as well. That's all the show links and posts and whatever strikes our fancy. So without further ado, we invite you to our wonderful show on the early 80s sword and sorcery epics. Thank you. Enjoy. Uh,
1: oh boy excuse me She's oh, <laughs> never mind let's just turn it off now it's not getting better than that oh balls yeah
0: when <laughs> we can start again if you want that would no no no, no this is the magnificently <laughs> okay. huge podcast everybody yeah.
1: uh hi my name is brian this is chris i'm eric hey
0: <laughs> uh we're back again for another rousing episode of this here podcast thing uh yeah, <laughs> Dude, uh, <laughs> The intros are all screwy because the uh, the first round got messed we recorded up.
2: Recorded a whole fresh shit round, and yeah, and then my computer bombed out, and we lost everything. Yeah. Well, so, no, no, no. I lost everything. These guys are fine. They could probably do it without me and just use the 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 the, the, the peanuts won't 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 noise for grownups. Yeah, but, yeah. But we'll but,
0: uh, <laughs> we'll try again in the interest of fairness. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So uh, enough with the pleasantries. Uh, let's see. To recap, Eric moved this weekend. Uh, Brian did something, and I didn't Worked. do anything. That was yeah. sort of the, yeah. That was sort of the hello, how you doing? Uh, so let's do the fresh shit.
1: This shit is fresh. Oh shit! That is fresh. This
2: stuff is really fresh.
0: In the interest of uh, being surprised and shocked. Let's uh, have Eric tell us what he did, and then we'll go. Ooh, real,
2: oh!
1: <laughs> you know what I like about you guys is your acting ability, your ability to come in here like real pros and, yeah. and sell this. Like yeah. you, you know, no, you're I, it, like
2: beating I, it I, to death. I, like, I
1: can't a, believe I have to do this. Again. Brian, I yeah. said sarcasm.
2: I think you're being sarcastic, <laughs> and that that's not actually a compliment. I think <laughs> I think you 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 would reward our dishonesty more than our. Are, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd say you're damned if you do, and you're damned and? if you don't. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> so hit us, Eric, with your, uh, fun stuff. My, 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 my would be fresh, shit yeah, okay. Uh, let's see, what did I do? Energy, let me think. <laughs> Energy. Oh, oh, Let me see, what did I do? Oh, oh, oh.
0: okay. <laughs> did you get an Apple Watch perhaps?
2: Do you know that I did? <laughs> oh, I actually got an Apple Watch. Interesting. Tell us about it. You're a psychic, dude. Ooh. No, no, fuck the watch. You it's just, just like wow. Okay, what am I thinking now?
0: What blue?
2: That's amazing. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I think this is going to be the shortest segment ever. <laughs>
1: Oh my god
2: you guys are the i worst. got an apple watch it does a bunch of stuff and it also tells time yeah. who's next <laughs> <Just> uh, <shit. laughs> okay go go brian <laughs> all right so i could actually
1: say something that we didn't say in the previous recording and actually have something fresh here we actually got a, a movie review from a listener and i totally forgot to tell you guys about this last oh, time so when Please. did this happen but, you don't tell yeah. us anything yeah L- listener my wife uh, Jolene went, went to a movie while I was out of town and uh, she she says uh, okay, the whole entire review is uh, one sentence uh, the movie is called bitchy runs a marathon and by the end you still hate her uh, <laughs> is that the is one with review that? of Brittany runs a marathon
0: yeah with, I can't remember the actress's name but she was in workaholics
1: yeah, some, some millennial who's a self-centered jerk, uh, loses weight, runs a marathon, and remains a self-centered jerk, and my wife calls it bitchy, runs
2: a marathon. Okay. So, so there's That's that. great. I'm, I'm all and for then, it. I, I, I don't think there are enough movies where characters of, I don't know, low repute or people we're not supposed to root for don't change. You know, I I, I like I like more movies where it's like this person needs to learn a lesson in life, but somehow they beat the teacher.
0: You know, so you're a fan of entropy, basically.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I win. I'm still a dick. Go jump off a cliff. I want more of that.
1: Okay. So this is your movie, then. I think Brian has another movie for you. I do. Uh, The other movie I went and saw uh, this week was Hustlers with Jennifer Lopez. Clickbait. Clickbait. Yeah total clickbait yeah so so
0: uh did you like this movie yes or no
1: i i did like the movie i don't think it's like the greatest movie ever like i said it's like a 7.5 out of 10 a little
0: tip yeah. for the listener in our previously uh, recorded session that got turned into crap uh there were a lot of goodfellas references so the point hustlers. here is that
1: Eric has to ruin the first recording and this recording.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, the, and then we have to let you, dear listener, know about it because uh, yeah. we don't
2: care. Yeah. We don't it, care. Yeah. See, that's the Jesus. thing. I, 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 we, we're really a comedic team. I'm an idiot, and and Brian is our parents, and he has to then come <laughs> in and like, What are you goddamn kids doing? Illusion! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Illusion. Yeah. So, Hustlers oh, is sort of a, uh, you said it was like a a stripper it's version of Goodfellas.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, structurally, it's very much um, inspired by Goodfellas. There's a lot of similar staging. Uh, a lot of similar, you know, okay, it starts out with the, the wide-eyed, you know, hey, I'm new to this world, getting under the wing of the the old timer and then and then everything's awesome and then it all goes to hell uh, it's based on a true story so this is based on an article in the New Yorker called uh, The Hustlers at Scores so it's, so it's about people who I mean it's fictional in the movie but it's Scores which is uh, the strip club that Howard Stern always talked about in New York um, and I guess they have a clientele of very rich Wall Street guys um so they're making like crazy money and then 2008 and the stock market crash comes and everything dries up and uh they start to co- come up with a scheme where they uh they roofie their investor clients and get them to sign the credit card slips where they just run up their cards for like 5000, 10000, 50000 dollars in a night and then when the guys come back and say hey you know you ripped me off they're like what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to tell people that you just blew a bunch of money on strippers. Good luck with that, pal. And, uh, this is a true story. Interesting. <laughs> I am um, looking it up
0: now. And the, the director writer, uh, is a woman named Lorene Scafaria. And the one thing I truly recognize from her filmography is she wrote the screenplay for Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. It's, uh huh. Pat
2: Denning what? and uh, What's-His-Face from Superbad. That, but, yeah. that, gives me, that gives me some hope because I, I was hoping this wasn't a movie full of gratuitous nudity. I, I would have found you, that you really a bit galling.
1: You were hoping for <laughs> well, total
2: gratuitous nudity.
1: There's definitely nudity in this movie. Jennifer Lopez is not nude. Uh, Constance Wu is not, but pretty much everybody else is. Uh, Cardi B and Lizzo show up in cameo roles. But and, the best cameo is reserved for Usher. Usher comes to the club at one point and is literally just throwing money around in the air. It's, and all the girls like run out on the floor and try to get his attention. And everybody and, knows it's Usher. But then he, Jennifer Lopez leans over and like, lo- what's your name, baby? And he's like, yeah, it's Usher.
0: So yeah, Usher is playing that's, himself in oh, the movie. Yeah. So is this yeah. like, like Keanu Reeves playing a version of himself in Always Be My Maybe or something? Or I is mean, it just straight I, up like this is usher it's
1: just he's usher usher okay. being usher okay. and, and throwing money around a strip club yeah interesting
0: interesting i don't know if i'd see so, it for yeah. that but is usher naked
1: uh no <laughs> okay that was for eric that was a question <laughs> for eric
2: just to make Wasn't sure for me I, I respect women and i'm glad so many of them kept their honor <laughs> <laughs> okay whatever <laughs> oh
1: boy <laughs> but Hustle, so hustlers the Eric we, has already heard the part of the podcast that comes later. Yeah. So you'll, you'll understand that joke in about 30 minutes. But anyway, yeah, uh, we, <laughs> we got lots of
0: nudity coming up in the show proper. Just, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, yeah,
1: but before that, Chris, what's your fresh shit? Uh, well,
0: I'm not going to talk about the NHL TV app that I got to watch the seasons of hockey. Uh, I feel like but that's we were going to play
1: Stompin' Tom's Hockey Song. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah,
0: okay. So it's basically uh, it, it, it's the whole season, and I can watch whatever game I want uh, on any uh, device that I want. And I recommend it if you like hockey. So, so the there's thing I'm, that.
1: Still, I'm still marveling at, I mean, like, on standard broadcast television, it was hard to follow the puck. Thank God for HD. But now, now you're shrinking it down to your phone size, and you telling me that the puck is followable? In this yeah. Well,
0: this is the trick. Uh, especially when you watch hockey enough over the years, uh, it's not so much following the puck, it's sort of just learning how to follow where the group of large men are congregating <laughs> uh, to know where the puck is. Because, uh, like, back in the day, Fox News for Fox Sports would do the. The thing the where color they colors, the yeah, tricks, the colors yeah, shoot around, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah and that, that was, was weird. that was stupid. That was also the same time where they did the like the Fox Bots during their sports broadcasts, uh, little animated, yeah. stupid Transformer looking things. So that was like laser hockey, yeah, that basically. Uh, and so that was basically hockey for lazy people. Uh, but if you watch hockey enough, you can kind of get a sense of where the puck is, so it's not a big deal. But on the like on my phone, it was surprisingly clear, and I was very satisfied. So, if you're looking for okay, a sports you're, app,
1: you're not going to talk about that. So, what are you going to talk about?
0: <laughs> uh, I saw uh, the Jim Jarmusch movie "The Dead Don't Die," and this is where Eric oh. goes. Oh.
1: Oh! Oh. Yeah. I actually forgot that you talked about this until just now. (laughs) Yeah, that's like everybody else
0: in the theater that didn't go see it. Because Jim Jarmusch is a very renowned indie director, but his movies are very uh, laboriously paced to the point where it's almost somnabulent sometimes. And I think that's a shtick that works for him. (laughs) Yeah. Especially in the realm of a zombie movie, where nothing really happens, but it's it's basically yeah. just him uh, poking fun at all of the tropes of every zombie movie that we've become accustomed to, uh, and then not finishing up on them. It's sort of like, well, this is the trope, and then oh, they're dead. So it's <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very funny, and uh, and Tilda Swinton. It's uh, probably the best thing I've seen her do. Uh, in a long time, probably since uh, she was in the other Jarmusch movie, uh, "Only Lovers Left Alive," the vampire
2: one he did with her and Tom Hiddleston. I wanted to see that. Was that I, was I now? Was that the same kind of uh, um, smartassery that this is? No, that was one that was a, a serious take. That was a very uh,
0: romantic movie, if I may. Uh, it very much in the Percy Shelley vampire realm. Uh, where it's basically the vampire couple, Swinton and Hiddleston, uh, are, have separated, but they still long for each other kind of a thing. But because they're vampires and they live forever, the separation has gone on for decades and decades and decades. Uh, and then through the course of the film, something happens that, to bring them together. But basically, it's about uh, a couple reconciling uh, with each other. They just happen to be vampires. It's very sweet, very hmm. allegic. Uh, definitely not normal Jim Jarmish territory.
2: Uh, but once again, he's, he's taking sort of the, the genre idea and saying, yeah, that's not the part that I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like
0: he, he gets you in the seat with the vampires and then he keeps you in the seat with the actual like love story. Unlike, <laughs> oh, unlike uh, the dead don't die, which is basically everybody, even the people who are alive are zombies trapped in this small town uh they're all craving something that they can't have uh and there's just a lot of weird uh meta commentary involved uh I don't want to ruin it this time I ruined it for Brian when we <laughs> we talked about it <laughs> earlier but I will leave the surprises alone this time but there are spoilers hey, it's-
1: It's unruined for me now. Yeah. Hey. It's like,
0: because you don't even remember what we talked about the first time. Nope.
1: I sure, I wasn't listening.
0: Uh, So, you know. (laughs) Basically, all you need to know is that Adam Driver and Bill Murray are sheriffs in this town that's overrun by zombies. And Adam Driver just keeps saying over and over, this is all going to end badly. And then it does. That's the movie. (laughs) And then it's like the teenagers show up in town and then they're, uh, kind of in the middle of things, and then they wind up dead. Uh, everybody winds up dead. It's a zombie movie. That doesn't spoil anything for anybody. That's all I'm going to say.
2: But I know Eric liked it. I did. I did. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I got tired of the conventions of zombie movies, too. And I liked that somebody came along and, if nothing else, said, they've gotten boring. Yeah, This is all cliche. It's, yeah. yeah. What's fun
0: about it is just a big poke in the eye because it's basically he's made a zombie movie but it almost really isn't a zombie movie at all. I mean it's just that's all secondary to everything else that's going on <laughs> and it just sort of happens. It's not like yeah. Shaun of the Dead where they sort of twisted it in a relatively new and interesting way uh that just got repeat, repeated over and over in other subsequent movies. This one I think it's going to die on the vine because it's so dry and so just thumb in your face poke your yeah. eye out kind of thing if you I, like zombie film, movies you're not going to like this at all
2: the one thing it's got going against I it don't. is he definitely does not like his audience in this <laughs>
0: yeah it's very <laughs> true
2: he's a
1: yeah
0: it's it's definitely a film made by an older man who just doesn't give a fuck yeah. <laughs> basically and that's what i adore so as a person about
1: it. who doesn't like zombie movies am i gonna like this movie
0: uh no no, no, no. Oh, I well think then I'm not going to watch. it. I think you're already prejudiced enough against it based on our stellar <laughs> description. But uh, if you like Jim Jarmusch movies, then you definitely need to watch
1: it. That's all I, 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 I watch imagine. Only brothers left alive first. I would recommend. I imagine, that imagine one a first.
2: Converse- yeah. I imagine a conversation going on in the editing room that goes something like this: Well, the kids won't like it? Will the kids suck? And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So it's like this podcast. Sweet. Yeah. No. Nobody likes this. Okay.
0: Not even (laughs) thirteen-year-old boys. That's a callback to something later. Oh, (laughs) and that's the fresh shit. So now let's talk about eighties sword and sorcery.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we? Uh,
0: Because I, I might have mentioned this to you elsewhere that I've been holding on to this one. uh, Because yeah.
2: it's a weird period, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it was, it's very specific. Out of nowhere, this stuff becomes really popular. Yeah. So popular that they make trash, and then it becomes very well, unpopular. But it's
1: not all trash. So what's That's the, what's wait, funny. Wait, what's the topic? Uh, Tell the audience what the topic it's is. It's uh,
2: early
0: 80s sword and sorcery epics. Or not even epics, just sword and sorcery movies. Because yeah. it's, it's a very specific and, subgenre of the fantasy realm. Uh, and it, it, like Eric was saying, it was very fertile in the early '80s. I'd say like 1980 to about '85 is probably its height, uh, and then you kind of start I, to see a wane.
1: I have a hypothesis as to why.
0: Does it involve Dungeons and Dragons? Because that's my hypothesis.
1: Well, so Dungeons and Dragons was popular about ten years before. I think. It, I think it's because the same people shot all of these movies in the same like week long drunken binge in Italy. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely,
0: there's a spaghetti western vibe to a good chunk of them.
2: I think it's because they made Conan the Barbarian on a shoestring budget, and it not only made money, but it got, like, critical approval. And people were like, you mean we can do this on nothing? Well,
0: to piggyback on that, first, I don't think it was, it wasn't a shoestring budget. It was done for, like, $16 or something, which is not, not huge, but it's not small. And it's John Milius. So he basically doesn't have to camp it up. Like he camped it up with Red Dawn, but in Conan, he played it fairly straight, like a mm-hmm. Robert E. Howard novel. And I think that was the eye opener for people. They went, oh, fuck. And three, uh, he had extra violence and extra sex in it. Yeah. And that was not something that I think happened a lot I in didn't these know it movies cost that until much. Conan hit and became an international success. But if you look at the just sort of the realm of him, I did, like the 80s start with one called Hawk the Slayer, which when we did our uh I Can't Believe It's Not Star Wars show, that's one that crops up a lot as a Star Wars wannabe, even though it's like a sword and sorcery movie. Uh And that one's got Jack Palance as the villain. And then that sort of sets the, the shoddy tone for all of the Super B movies that you get, because it's like the the weird weapon that only a 12 year old would think of that is impossibly ridiculous. And then you've got the villain, you've got uh, just gratuitous nudity just thrown in for no reason whatsoever.
1: Why, uh, why do you call it gratuitous? Uh, I, I'm not sure it's gratuitous. This is, I mean, we're here for the blood. We're here for the boobies. We're, we're even here for the shirtless dudes, right? Yeah. Like that's, that is what this is about.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's uh, as I was telling my wife, I'm like, these are movies that are written and marketed to 12 year old boys to give them exactly what the hell they want from a movie like this. It's all of the gore, it's all of the boobs, uh, and not much of the story. And then, like, the ridiculous weapons. I mean, that's pretty much it. And then, if you look at, as I did, because I watched like 12 of these things in the span of a week, there is a weird flow through of connective tissue apart from like uh Crawl and like Lady Hawk and Conan the Destroyer that kind of went for wider market uh PG releases uh, most of them went full tilt with the sex and violence and every single one of them just about I'm saying like ah 95% I'm going to say all had some sort of weird like naked women in a swimming hole scene, just so they could get in the <laughs> gratuitous boobs, and I'm talking like Beastmaster. I'm talking, yeah, all of them. Uh, so it's like strange that they do these weirdly titillating so, things, you know.
1: I, my my wife and I, the only one we watched from end to end here was Dragon Slayer from 1981, and then we watched all these trailers. And we watched the trailer for Sorceress and we're like, shit, that's the movie we should have
0: watched. (laughs) That movie is fucking awesome. I'm going to tell you that right now. A sorceress sworn to conquer the world and magical women warriors fighting with the skills of the masters. A colleague of mine was actually telling me about it. It was the first one he mentioned because he's our age. And he said that he talked his dad into taking him to see this thing. And about halfway through, his dad turned to him and said, what in the hell? did you make me bring you to because it's basically stars two playboy playmates who are twins uh and it starts it introduces them in the watering hole where they're naked and then it's just this full-on bonkers conan ripoff where they're like the chosen ones and they do all these ridiculously staged fight scenes uh like their badass yeah, warriors naked, naked yeah. kung fu naked the kung fu yeah. innocent
1: twins are given the secrets of sorcery and the martial arts to defend their lusty beauty like why is the dad complaining about this <laughs> cuz his kid was 13
0: or whatever <laughs> But the thing that got me I've is I've got if you Cinemax w- at home. And- what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but in the but the one thing that got me is there's a character in there that's basically it's a satyr, like a like a pan flute goat man. And <laughs> oh yeah,
1: not and, not not well executed. Yeah,
0: no, he basically just stands around and jitters like he's got a coke habit, and he just makes this noise. <laughs> and like that's the that's the entire character. It's like I am really weirded out right now. I really am. And then oh boobs. I'm good.
1: Yeah. And
0: <laughs> so, you said yeah, before but
2: this one also
1: had like a magical griffin in the sky, right? And like lasers? Yeah, they don't they don't
0: set it up at all. It's like the the end fight is between the magic evil wizard calling his deity and then they suddenly remember how to call their deity. And so it's like a winged lion that shoots like green lightning bolts out of its head into this like weird half snake head. Woman thing, it just floating in the sky. There's no purpose to it, it's just basically these two things in the sky.
1: This sounds like the most awesome movie ever made, right?
0: But I got plenty more that that topped it this week. But yeah, Sorceress that sounds awesome. Oh, Sorceress
1: gets topped. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay naked kung fu chicks and, and laser shooting space griffins uh, yeah come on
2: oh okay as described yeah okay yeah, yeah come on see I keep like, seeing something that was like they, that they would have showed on like uh, the playboy channel and you go oh this is dumb where's the bush <laughs> you know and that's I always you know,
0: hate it when the noise ruins my orgasm <laughs> on, on the, the
1: playboy, playboy channel, channel. <laughs> awful interference Wrecking your orgasm on the Playboy channel. Yeah, but if
0: you look at them, even the PG ones. Like, Dragon Slayer had the swim and hold boobie scene.
1: All right, uh, let's talk about Dragon Slayer for a minute. Yeah. 1981. This one, actually, watched 1981. Um, this movie, I remember, so I had never actually seen Dragon Slayer, but I had seen the Universal Studios tour Dragon Slayer show back in the day, right, where there was this big, like... One and a half story tall animatronic dragon that shot lasers from no, its eyes there in the
0: room. That's the Conan show. They did oh, Conan is that the, the Conan show. Yeah, because uh, Dragon oh, Slayer okay. was was uh, like a Paramount Disney co production.
1: Right. So that explains why I didn't get the laser eye dragon in <laughs> Dragon Slayer. Yeah, I was yeah. very much looking forward to. Uh, but you're right. That was the Conan. Damn it! I watched <laughs> the wrong movie again. Damn it! Yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, Dragon Slayer is an interesting. One because it's actually very well done. It's actually entertaining. Uh, it's well
2: written. It's yeah. really well acted. I uh, mean, I it's, I it's got Ralph Richardson. I mean, yeah. you just don't see him in anything because he was you know real theater actor.
0: Well, and what I like about it is that they the basic gist is that's the girl from the village who's basically raised as a boy because the village has a lottery to, yeah, to to the sac, dragon yeah to yeah. appease the dragon and so then it becomes Which, this like weird Twelfth Night vibe uh, mm-hmm. when Ralph Richardson sort of shows up to lend Shakespearean gravitas to it uh, it's a very odd Mixture,
1: but it works. And they're explaining that that uh, that whole lottery thing. My wife just turns to me and says, "Well, that's a good reason to not be a virgin."
0: <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you think they'd all be having sex? Yeah,
1: yeah. And
2: then, yeah, let's go. Let's all go down to the. They actually hole. call that out, right? I thought of that, but then I thought, you know what? It, it it's that that that's probably a technicality. What they mean is not married. You know, it's like property unowned. Yeah. Uh, well, in those days, virgin would have to mean like nine years old, right? Like.
1: We're, ooh, ooh, that's we're, a whole other thing. We're talking like people didn't live much past thirty. Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. Ten years old, eleven. Uh, okay, tops. thank you. I, st-
2: I yeah. still maintain I don't think it's the point. I mean, it, they just they wanted women because you know they're useless, and they wanted someone who wasn't already betrothed because you know cash. Yeah, I don't think the dragon. Said and make sure that their 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 cherries unpopped. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they you know okay. it's a dragon. He doesn't care. Well, why,
1: don't, I, why don't they sacrifice useless people to the dragon then? If the dragon doesn't actually care who's getting sacrificed, like hey Bob's a dick. Let's sacrifice Bob.
2: Right? I don't, like I don't do that. Know. Uh, I mean, well, if you think of it, everyone's pretty useless in that time. I mean, they're wearing sackcloth yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah. Well, it's like how I do really you find a loser when everyone's wearing sackcloth? Well, I will admit that the dragon has a really cool name in the movie. Like Vermithrax yeah. pejorative
0: or something. <laughs> uh, and it's really well done because it's all practical effects for the most part. Yeah. And then when it's flying around, it's like the, the ILM optical
1: stuff. Uh, but yeah, it works really good well. Yeah, really good puppet work uh, uh, for both the baby dragons and the actual dragon dragon.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's a weird bag because that early time, it's like they took care... To make these things, uh, apart from also, like Hawk the Slayer, but yeah, I, I don't think them. it
2: hurts any that this was. You know, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, this was a British production, and I mean, this is their. Um, it's like this is this is the stuff they know. They're not going to mess it up. I mean, yeah. well, if. If it was done here, then it would, you know, it would star the Barbarian Brothers. Yeah.
1: Which. Oh. <laughs> well, before but, before we go into that, I just want to put a bow on uh, Dragon Slayer. The end titles come up, says Dragon Slayer at the bottom, says a Walt Disney production, and that's when my wife turns to me and says, "Oh, that explains the lack of moms." <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: It's uh yeah. Well, it's, that came out in 81, and that's sort of the watershed year that's kind of when things get kicked off. Because it's that, uh, Clash of the Titans, which uh, technically to me is not so much sword and sorcery. That's just a straight up uh, sword and sandal. It's Greek. Yeah, well, yeah. that's
1: the Greek gods, right? Yeah,
0: so it, that one sort of doesn't count. But it also is the year that Excalibur came out. Which I'm kind of hemmed and hawed, and like, is Excalibur sword and sorcerer? I'm like, well, yeah, because it's about yeah. a sword and there's a sorcerer, so yeah, that, that yeah, pretty much counts. Is that. Which Arthurian stuff? That's pretty much the definitive. Yeah, I uh, think yeah,
2: well, yeah, totally counts.
0: Uh, but watching that again, it's like ah, that's just a bug fuck crazy movie that John Foreman made. Because up until about the third act, it's pretty straightforward mythology. And then he just goes off the rails and it turns into Zardoz almost when you get like the Mordred stuff.
2: I'm like, what? I forgot all of this. <laughs> yeah. It's Just give me a break. <laughs> which, is, which is in, yeah, it's, it's in the stories. I mean, that's, yeah. he didn't make anything up. Oh, I
1: know. It's just crazy though. Just is trying to make the movie Excalibur more relatable to the audience, so he
2: references Zardoz. Zardoz!
0: Zardoz! Ooh, it's a Borman film. Right? Now I'm you get it. Yeah. Well, okay.
2: Uh, this um, isn't weaving Rangoon. That's <laughs> beyond Rangoon, you Beyond imbecile. Rangoon. I don't know.
0: Uh, so, yeah. So, 81 is kind of a watershed year, but uh, I think where it really hits, and we can pretty much do this as ground zero, is uh, 82 when Conan the Barbarian comes out. Because that, to me, is the sure. one that just blew it wide open. Because it's not until then do you start seeing all these weird copycat ones that move overseas or that Roger
2: Corman does. Maybe that's uh, the thing. It's not that... Uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian was cheap, it's that everyone else said, oh, we can do that cheap. Yeah. That doesn't they, involve special and, effects.
0: And they can't. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but the weird thing about that is that 82 is also the year that Beastmaster came out, and they were both released within like three months of each other. So Conan came first, and then Beastmaster. And Beastmaster almost uh, beat for beat is the same movie it's just much dumber yeah, <laughs> it, it has all like of the same Yeah, <laughs> the thing but was
2: it, born to be played on cable 20 yeah. times well I think the joke was because it
0: didn't do well in the, the theater and so it just ended up playing in perpetuity on cable and I think Dennis Miller's the one who had the joke that HBO stands for hey Beastmaster's on because <laughs> it was just because <laughs> it literally was every day and I think that's where I, I, lo- I watched it the most and so it just sort of Above all else, that's the one that I infused the most of because I hadn't seen Conan until years later. Because that's a hard R, and uh, that was not something I was gonna get uh, very often. (laughs) So, yeah, I, uh, I
2: remember it being on one time, and and you know, of course, the family is sitting around watching it bored because early cable. And I at one point said, hey, it's the dad from Good Times. And my dad just bust out out laughing. yeah It is. Yeah, it's John Amos. Because I'm then, like eight. And I'm like, yeah. You know, oh, eh. yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's him and uh, Tanya Roberts in an early role. Uh, and again, uh, we meet Tanya Roberts swimming naked in a watering hole. So yeah. that's As weird. As you do. Yeah. So Dragon Slayer's got it. Beastmasters got it. Conan surprisingly does not, but there's still a lot of nakedness in that, so
2: it almost is by default. Yeah. Uh, oh, but, oh! don't forget the line. Don't forget the best line from Conan. Uh, what is best in life? That one. What is the warrior's code? Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of the women.
0: But then you got the, the weird villain played by <laughs> James Earl Jones is like that cult leader who's yeah. like the snake god. His name is Thulsa Doom. And he just, he's barely in the movie. He's like in the beginning when he cuts off Conan's mom's head. And then he shows up later when they go to rescue the princess. And he's like the epitome of just weird fucking evil villain. It's
2: like, I would not want to mess with him. You know and what I, mean? I love the, I, I love the sort of philosophical argument they have at the end where, yeah. you know, Conan comes representing steel and he has that great line about what good is steel without the Flesh to wield it, and I was like, Yeah, oh, yeah, and the, yeah. oh, yeah, well, what's the bit where he's like, Look how much power I have, and he looks up at someone standing on the cliff, Come here, my child, and this yeah. person just walks off the cliff, yeah, she like, <laughs> like falls off the cliff. He's like, People are power, yeah, <laughs> like, oh. so yeah, it's a
0: total Jim Jones situation, it's so funny. And then, uh, Conan wrecks it all, uh, and then compared to Beastmaster, Rip Torn is sort of the uh, counterpart to Tulsa Doom, he's like this weird cult leader but they've got the awful makeup on his face with the bird hawk nose. Uh, and it's like, what is going like, are they purposely making him look like a bird? I don't understand what's happening. Uh, and then it's basically just get into the, the temple, bust up the cult. Uh, but they were done independently from each other. And it always weirds me out that they are so similar. It's like, who, what kind of Did spies? You
1: think this is one of those, like they, they heard that a Conan movie was in production and they're like, Hey, well, we, could, we could basically read the books and, and hit yeah. those kinds of beats.
0: Well, Conan had been kicking around for at least a decade because uh, Howard Pressman was trying to get it done, and no one would do it. Uh, and then he got Oliver Stone to write a script, but Oliver Stone ended up writing some ridiculous 14-movie treatment that was set in the future. And it was just like, uh, do enough coke there, Oliver, and uh, anything is possible And then they couldn't get funding because he was going to co-direct. And then they finally gave it to Dino De Laurentiis and he got Milius on board. And then that kind of scaled it back and made it what it is. Could Uh, could
1: that be the title of this episode? Do enough coke there, Oliver, and anything is possible. (laughs) Yeah, or at least a t-shirt's available on our website. Yeah. Uh,
0: And then uh, the other... Good one from '82. Well, not good one, but uh, that I need to mention is one with Miles O'Keefe, who was in the Bo Derek Tarzan movie from '81. Uh, he's in one called
2: Ator, A T O R. Just Ator, <laughs> the Fighting Eagle. I remember Eagle. this. The one yeah. is that the one with like the great big three bladed sword that. No, shoots that's blades? That's uh, that's, that's the sword, sword and the sorcerer. Sword and the
1: sorcerer. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's the not to be confused with the warrior and the sorcerer yeah. David Carradine. But or we'll the, get there,
2: or the movie Sorceress. But I remember yeah. seeing the Great Big Sword and going, "That's stupid." Yeah. We'll get to that one in a sec.
0: <laughs> but the uh, but that's the Blade Master was like the third one. It's like three three of these things. But this is one of those Italian-made ones, and they dress them up as quote unquote barbarians, which basically means they're wearing fur booties and breeches and no shirts. And there's the gratuitous nudity. And there's some random quest, and it's still not gratuitous. Yeah, and it's still, and it's the uh, like the the weird death cult leader. I mean, it's Conan the Barbarian, just with less effects and a much smaller budget. And he's so wooden through the whole thing. It's like, are you sleepwalking through this thing? His fight scenes are awful. And the only thing that I can recommend about this starts in the beginning because he's basically the kid who has been prophecy to usurp the powers that be and become the great warrior king but then he's hidden away so they can't kill him and he's raised by a villager and then the villager already has a daughter and they grow up as siblings and then they literally are walking through what looks like a park uh in (laughs) the middle of a city and then they stop and then they, they basically tell each other that they love each other and then they have the conundrum it's like well are we allowed to marry each other because we're siblings and then ator tells us to the father and the father says i'm so pleased because you're
2: adopted (laughs) (laughs) that's the crux oh boy yeah that's uh, thanks dad now i'm gonna go fuck my not sister yeah that's the hero's journey right there so (laughs) (laughs) it's so awful it's so bad. i sat
0: through all of it too
1: so every time i see the ator i i think it's you're the hunter from the future and I only yeah. bring up your because I haven't seen it. And the reason I haven't seen it is because of the funniest, coolest thing my mom ever said to me. We were looking at the newspaper, looking for a movie to watch. You know, we're kids in the early 80s. And, and we're like, Mom, Mom, can we go see your, the hunter from the future? And she goes, no, up your. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but dum boom <laughs> I not for- that.
0: Don't forget to tip your waitress. I'm here all week. Yeah, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so at at or don't don't watch it uh and then and so that sort of rounds out 82 and then 83 was sort of the i think the acme for these because then it starts to to sort of drop off a little bit uh the quality is all bad but i just mean the the quantity of stories that they're telling
1: we referenced we referenced the warrior and the sorcerer we referenced sorceress we referenced the the sword and the sorcerer and i'm telling you i'm watching the trailers and they and at least two shots appear in the trailers for all three of these movies and it's, one is yeah. the shot of a sword transmogrifying into a stick or something yeah. yeah and and the other is this wide shot of like a a dining hall with a bunch of shit going on in it and it I'm telling you, these were all shot by the same people. This is like Battle Beyond the Stars level Corman shit, right? Well, yeah.
0: Well, if you, if you watch them in a row, as I did, uh, for the art, uh, there, there are a lot of them that are done uh, by Corman. And so they recycle a whole crap ton of stuff, including the plots. Uh, so you see a lot of that. And I swear to God, in Sorceress, they even used James Horner's score from Battle Beyond the Stars yes! for the action sequences. <laughs> yes! It's amazing. I'm like, wow. oh, had we not already covered this movie uh, months ago, I would wow. have never known that. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to get to the sword and the sorcerer, because that was another big one when I was a kid, because it just captured my imagination. Because he's got that Three bladed, like Gillette razor looking uh, broadsword, but two of them fire off like rockets. They're propelled by some sort of weird compressed air thing. But through the entire movie, he fires it off two or three times, but he never reloads it.
2: I'm like, how? Yeah, Yeah, he 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 somehow magically magically is able, off camera, supposedly able to go like dig them out of a dude. Yeah, and (laughs) that was (laughs) always my um, thing. How do you pull it out of a dude? How do you grab it? It's all blade. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, it, this, but
0: this one has the distinction, and I shit you not, I, I was gobsmacked when I read this. It made like 30, almost $40 million in the theater. It was the, large, the highest Jesus. grossing independent movie of that year. I shit you not. No. <laughs> yeah, $39,100,000 something. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me?
1: Are you kidding? I gotta say, the trailer for Sword and the Sorcerer has the best generic fantasy movie voiceover. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna
2: drop it here. A titanic struggle between good and evil. Dungeons and dragons. Serpents and splendor. Wizards and witches. Danger and desire.
0: <laughs> and the mighty of all heroes in the greatest of all adventures um, it's so good and they're all like that too that's what's funny
2: i remember about that preview like okay it was actually an interesting kind of the 300 level shot just for the preview maybe the opening credits too and uh it's like this faceless army and they're they're in slow motion moving on against this other faceless army, like basically when you say army, I mean like four or five dudes and it's all very shadowy and there's lots of smoke and yeah. they're going to fight and they're, they're coming together. And as they clash, this douchebag with a three bladed sword comes running up and jumps right on into the <laughs> middle of <them>. a <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. I, I, I thought I don't need to see this movie anymore. I know oh, how sad. bad
0: it is. It's so trash. And they're, and like most of these movies, the staging is so inept it's like they just showed up one day and said, "Okay, let's uh, uh, five minutes of blocking and then let's shoot this and go for lunch. Let's just mm-hmm. get it out there."
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure these are just people who wanted to do a lot of cocaine, drink a lot of booze, and yeah, do a lot yeah. of screwing. Like these are just horny party people making you know excuses to to dick around. I Nidalee. can, I, yeah, I
2: can, uh, yeah. Who who couldn't get behind that though? I mean, I yeah, fully that's really what I'm not. saying, yeah. really. I'm not not
1: criticizing. I I, I come here to praise.
2: Well, good job, everybody. uh,
1: Well,
0: it's being the highest grossing independent of the year. uh, The director got some work after that. He's the guy that was responsible for uh, Van Damme in Cyborg uh, a couple years later.
2: So he managed a a weird genre career. This is also, but this is also before the renaissance of indie films when that meant something. Yeah, I mean, at so, this time, indie still, film really means Roger Corman and, you know, awfulness. Yeah.
0: Well, but take $39 million in 1983. That's like... Yeah. That's like... That's
1: like the budget of the first Star Wars. Yeah, it's like, like
0: yeah, $50, yeah. 60000000 in uh, modern dollars. So, yeah, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, and then 83 uh, also had one of my favorites uh, called Deathstalker.
1: I was going to say, are we getting to Deathstalker 1 through (laughs) 4? Well, this is the first
0: one. But yeah, the fourth one came out in the early 90s. And this is basically the epitome of these movies as far as I'm concerned. Deathstalker 1 is effectively a softcore porn movie just disguised as sword and sorcery. Because it's just naked people left and right. They don't even make any bones about it. This is is also when we
1: get the really cheesy 80s music, right? Like, now we're getting into it.
0: Yeah, and it's it's, just, it's another like hero's journey, and like the 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 warrior like th- goes to some evil wizard running a tournament, and then he meets up with other warriors, and one of them's a, a woman who's really badass with a sword, but she literally doesn't wear any clothes. It's like she spends <laughs> the whole thing, and then I found out later it's the woman that uh, what's his face, the Motown sound guy, uh, Christ. Can't remember his name right now, but uh, he he basically shot her to death. So it's oh. like, oh, yeah. What's his? Well,
1: faith? yeah, you said Motown Sound, and I'm like Don Don Cornelius. No, no, no. you actually mean um, the Wall of Sound. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. motherfucker. I should. Know
0: this. <laughs> yeah, it's just called Yeah, Yeah, we're we're dumb. Uh, yeah, but we suck. But anyway, Death Stalker is uh is really. It's like an hour and 16 minutes, and I'd say about an hour of them uh, includes some sort of skin. Uh, there's like the hall scene where all the women are naked. Barbie Benton shows up, and she's naked for half of it. I mean, it's just, the whole thing is just there to put naked women on the screen and sell some tickets. It's just And the ridiculous. guy is
1: actually called Deathstalker by the yeah. other characters. That's his name, Deathstalker. Yeah.
0: And I think in the Riff Tracks version of this, somebody, like one of the comments they said was, uh, is that Mr. Stalker or should I just call you Death? I mean, it was something like that. It's so, just,
1: so you watch this movie more than once. Once to watch it and once with the Riff well, Tracks? Well, this is, okay. the,
0: this is the deal. When I worked at Blockbuster, uh, I would get free movies. And like one time, I just thought it would be fun to watch all of the fantasy movies on the shelf in order. And I think I made it to Deathstalker before I said nope, I can't do anymore,
1: <laughs> and that was where I finished. So and yet, and yet, yeah. this week you watched like twelve of these things. Oh yeah, because you're you're a maniac. Yeah. Well, and not only Deathstalker, and then you got Fire and
0: Ice. Did you ever watch Fire and Ice? The Ralph Bakshi, Frank Fazetta? It's a it's a cartoon, uh, and it's all done with the rotoscoping, but it's Frank Frazetta characters. And basically it's like the really voluptuous women. And then they managed to draw like the tiniest of G strings on them for some reason. It's like, why did you just, why didn't make them <laughs> naked? You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Uh, and then also that year was, uh, your favorite Brian crawl from Columbia yes. pictures.
1: Crawl. Uh,
2: Another yeah. one with a magically weird weapon uh, that they tried to sell the whole thing <laughs> but, on. The glaive. Yeah. Yeah. What can we say about crawl, Which is basically a huge throwing star with, I guess, folding blades that you throw at people, and it magically comes back to you boomerang style because (laughs) reasons. This is another one that should have been a Star Wars movie, honestly.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's why I liked it is it just had that kind of like... I don't know. They had the Slayers that were kind of stormtrooper y that, that they screamed like little whiny bitches <laughs> and, yeah, and they it, died. And then they turned into like and, what we're like
0: worm things that crawl into yeah. the dirt. I mean, it's like what?
1: And it's I like a it's like just, a Stargate uh
0: sort of story where it's like an alien lands on the planet and then subsumes it and then steals the princess and kills everybody, See. but the heir to the throne, and then they got to find the castle because it disappears every day and goes somewhere else on the planet.
1: I, I, <laughs> I know we talked about Krull on this show, and i got to say, I don't know if it fits in this episode. There, I don't think there's yeah, really a lot of sword play. There's definitely no boobies, yeah, and yeah, I, I would, don't think there's even, even any blood well, in this Krull. Was,
0: this was the first one where I watched through, and, uh, and I went, this is a very chaste movie compared to all the rest of these that i've been watching here sort of an it's sort of an outlier almost because it doesn't follow any dark
1: crystal without puppets you know basically yeah (laughs)
0: although the same level of acting uh but yeah i i would agree with you i don't think it fits but somehow it gets lumped in with these because it's like space aliens and laser sword spear things and yeah yeah they shoot
1: lasers no they're shooting lasers no it's not fan no next movie Move
2: yeah. on. Yeah. Okay, uh, let, me, let me bounce mine off of you, because I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. You tell me if this counts. Okay. But uh, Ridley Scott's Legend. No. I that,
1: almost watched it. Why doesn't it count?
0: I almost watched this one. That is of the fantasy era, and that's of the fantasy genre, but it is not really sword and sorcery.
2: They're swords, they're sorcery.
0: Uh, but, it, but it doesn't really fit the mold. It's close it's I can see where it would be the gray area but for me it doesn't move into sword and I'm, sorcery territory because it's not so the it's So it's
1: more class of the clash of the Titans I mean it's yes yeah. I don't know that's
2: kind of why I was asking if it counts or not because I also feel it it, it it has more sort of fairy tale yeah feeling to it it's it's, it's mm. like it's got it's got nymphs and and fairies and magic horns. And, yeah. I mean it it's got elements
0: cuz it's got sort of the chosen hero prophecy and you know you got to go save the princess. And I got to tell you such.
2: everybody go go see it anyway because it is it is probably the best uh uh, uh Tom Cruise movie you're ever going to see. I mean yeah. this is before <laughs> he was whatever he is now this is is why
1: i didn't watch it is my wife hates tom cruise and she's like yeah something else and so we watch dragon slayer
0: (laughs) well it's got tom cruise it's got uh mia sarah who's got tim curry uh, yeah it's got a fucking awesome uh, tim curry yeah it's basically apart from uh frankenstein from rocky horror uh that's his role uh the devil the devil the giant red horns and whatnot but he
2: but yeah, what I, I love about him in this I, I is wanna, that there is so much makeup, and there is so much going on, and yet he is still in charge. It's not like you're watching it going, wow, yeah. that's a lot of makeup. You're watching an incredible actor yeah. work around all of that.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. I want to lump it in, but I think it's, like Brian said, it's sort of more of the Clash of the Titans sort of thing.
1: Uh, it's I think fantasy, what you're saying that it's, it's too highbrow for, for this subject.
0: Well, it's, but not even that. It's just, but it just doesn't,
1: it doesn't hit all the beats.
0: There's definitely no naked swim and watering hole, uh, for one. Oh, well, well
1: then fuck that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so
0: it's, it's on the fence, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote no. All right. That's just mine. Uh. What,
1: what, what else, what else did you suffer through?
0: Uh, uh, well, I didn't suffer through this one. I was surprised that I loved it so much. Uh, you can't find it anywhere but YouTube, uh, YouTube and there's no wikipedia entry for it (laughs) but it's it's from 1983 as well and it's basically a female version of conan the barbarian it's called hundra hundra (laughs) yeah starring a a (laughs) woman named lorraine landon first hollywood brought you the legend of conan now comes the match
1: too great even for him hundra hundra the action-adventure story starring the most exciting action actress of all
0: time, Laureen Landon. And uh, it basically starts with a tribe of Amazons in the forest, and then it's like the uh, the army comes in out of nowhere and, and just destroys the whole village, but she's away hunting, and then comes back, and she's the only survivor. And their whole culture is basically just... Uh, give up the male children and keep the women and raise them as independent. It's a very weirdly feminist take
2: on the Conan and legends. Then, and then and then she ends up in World War 1 and yeah. uh defeats it's, it's the It's yeah. very
0: similar, very
2: similar to Wonder <laughs> Woman. It's Wonder Woman. But no, yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh like she comes back from the hunt and and gets chased by the remaining villainous uh horde. And there's like 16 of them. And like the whole opening credits is just her running into the desert away from them. And then she finally makes her stand. And then within like five minutes has killed all 16 of them. (laughs) And it's like a very well-staged action scene. It was funny. I was like, ah, this is actually fairly competent. I'm surprised and shocked. (laughs) Uh, And Ennio Morricone did the music. Again, shocked. But, you know, it's an Italian production. Uh, But then the whole thing starts to go off the rails when she finds like an elder from her tribe that's living in a cave somewhere and tells her that she's got to get pregnant so she can keep the bloodline alive. And then the whole second half of the movie is this barbarian woman who's basically just trying to get laid. It's like species. And that's the bulk of the story. And then there's a religious cult who's taking women and whatever, whatever. But basically, it's just becomes like this weird teenage rom-com. Like she's all that. Cause they they gussy her up and show her how to be a beautiful woman, so she can entice a man, so that she can get pregnant, and then they like get my pregnant. My fair Hundra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so she has the so like gets pregnant and has the kid, but it's like like maybe five minutes of the entire movie. It's just like Oh, I had my girl, so now I need to go back to the woods, and then they save the day. It's the most insane fucking movie I think I've ever seen. I was so enthralled by it. and I can't explain why. But if you can watch it, I would recommend it. Hundra. Ugh.
2: yeah. I can't imagine exactly. watching most of these, though. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I, you don't get to you. make fun of me for these movies I'm watching anymore, Chris. Good God. <laughs> well,
0: you know, all in the name of science, friend. Uh, and then that's kind of towards the tail end before these things start to taper off. I think Car- David Carradine crapped out uh, the sword and the sorcerer or the warrior and the The sorceress. Yeah. And he basically looks like he just did it for the Coke money. Cause it's just, the whole thing is horribly staged and there's naked women and swords. And, uh, it's basically fistful of dollars, but in a sword and sorcery form. And then that's the year Conan, the destroyer comes out where they basically neutered Conan for the PG rating. And it's got Wilt Chamberlain and Grace Jones as the sidekicks. And, that is just a a awful 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 movie.
1: It's I the Mortal Combat annihilation
2: to yeah, Conan's basic, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and White from Repo Man. Remember him? Oh, he is in that, isn't he? Yeah, is, is he?
0: Damn, yeah, he's damn. the he's the comedic sidekick. Well, and and Mako makes his reemergence as the wizard, and then it's like. Uh, Remember that little kid? I can't remember his full name. It's Ernie something, but he was like the little Kung Fu kid that showed up in all of like the Disney TV shows. Uh, and I think he ended up being like one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that Golden Harvest movie. Uh, but he's just basically doing like, or no, he's in Red Sonja. See, this is where it gets muddled. Cause then I start like fusing them all together into one giant movie and I can't dis- disseminate. He's in Red Sonja. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> so, at that point yeah they all start to sort of just go for the pg market and they're they're they get rid of the nudity the violence is toned down and then by 85 you get lady hawk which is where i cap it which is rucker howard michelle pfeiffer and matthew broderick and it is just phenomenally awful i love lady hawk i really
1: yeah yeah, i loved it is it
0: is it the Alan Parsons prog rock
2: score set to a medieval yeah, fantasy that you like?
1: <laughs> tangerine Dream probably is why. Yeah. It's the well, no, Tangerine yeah, I think Dream is the sword
2: and sorcery movie where all of our sisters, those of us who had them, were like, oh, finally, Aww. one for me because it's got romancing and no titty. Yeah. Where Rucker Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer are lovers who are cursed. So he's a
0: wolf by night. She's a hawk by day. So they they're always, always together you, in the yeah. twilight. They're yeah. Always together in really that really Always that the heart. Yeah. I thought
1: that was cool. Uh,
0: um, it's. Have you watched it recently, though?
1: No, I haven't. Yeah. So
0: it probably sucks.
1: Uh, but all I, I will liked tell you it a is that at the time,
0: well, I saw it a couple times after it had come out. I saw it in the theater and then again on video, and it was passable, I guess, because I didn't really know any better. But what always gets me is that incongruous score, because it's like synth disco. Type music set to like knights in yep. armor riding horses across the countryside. It's ridiculous.
1: What, what always gets me is that in the scenes uh, at night time, uh, Matthew Broderick always seems like he's flirting with Michelle Pfeiffer when he knows he's going to get his head cut off because the whole thing is like he's trying to get yeah. Rutger Hauer back with his woman that he's flirting with. And it just, I'm, I'm like waiting for that plot thread to explode and it never does. No.
0: Well, I like that uh, Aja Molina shows up who played uh Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2, uh, among other things. He shows up as sort of like the the villainous bounty hunter, wolf hunter, whatever. Uh and then like he shows up for five minutes and then Michelle Pfeiffer shoves him <laughs> into a wolf trap in the forest and kills him. It's like, what was the whole point of this character? I don't know, but whatever. And then they move <laughs> on with their day. La 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 la. And then the Alan Parsons score shows up again and it's just seared in my brain and I can't get rid of it now and I'm so upset.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right, it's probably the score. Screw yeah. you, Chris. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, after that, it's sort of, after 85, it it sort of tapers off. You get a few more, but not anything notable. Even like Willow caps out the decade and it's like, yeah, oh, how uh, Yeah, the less said about Willow, the yeah. better, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, 80s has got the most of them, and I think it set the template for every fantasy, sword and sorcery, whatever, that's come out since.
1: So, I think what Chris is saying here is the movies he likes were the movies that happened to have a lot of boobs when he was 13. Hell I, yeah. can't, I can't imagine why that, yeah. No, I'm with it, you on this, brother. This is okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> lots, of, lots of beheadings,
0: lots of limb severing, lots of stabbings and guts. And then boobs. That's really what you want when you're 13. I'm telling you. They knew what they were doing.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Well, we do have a lot of 13-year-old listeners, so they'll be happy to have some recos. Yeah. So if
0: anybody wants recommendations, just email us. Shoot them my way. I will be happy to give you a list because uh, I'm not done. I'm going to keep watching these things. I really
1: am. I swear to God. So if you want to know how to email Chris, he's he's going to yeah, he's going to be watching the same never mind, we don't want to think about it. Uh, but oh. you can go to our website, uh, maghuge.com, uh, where you can find our other episodes that are that are about other things from the 80s that you're probably too young to remember. And uh, you can email us, you can find a link to email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com on that site, or, you know, like, go on Instagram, where you actually go, there's a link to our Instagram there, or if you're old, uh, you can go to Facebook, there's a link to our Facebook on that website, (laughs) or if you don't know, don't care, or you're the President of the United States, uh, you can find our Twitter handle, we're at maghuge, you can find that on the website, Uh, and yeah reach out and and tell Chris about all of the the better movies he should be watching Uh, or uh, (coughs) more importantly share the podcast with your friends put it on your social feeds help us gain an audience um, and uh, yeah
0: yeah because we've been prophesied to no I'm not even going to
1: bother Yeah, (laughs) the ending just petered out here Go, go save us tangerine dream get us out oh good lord (laughs) Ha 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 ha!